0: Fuck. All right, let's r- we're rolling. Rolling. Planet B present, present, present,
1: presents presents presents. Colton Culture Podcast.
0: Welcome to episode twenty-five of the Colton Culture Podcast. I'm Justin Pearson, and I'm Luke Kinshaw. This episode features our friends from Plaque Blag. Um, man, I go back pretty far with Ross through his band Wasteoid from Nebraska. Would end up playing shows with the locust and stuff over the years and then his bandmate and partner lauren also an equally amazing artist um d- like drawing artist uh goes under the moniker of butch dick art that guy <laughs> rules too yeah the two of them together are just insanely amazing so um there's a lot to this podcast it, it was rad to have them on the on and also really cool that it was after we just had adult and they had like this kind of like um, I don't know pairing of the two acts touring all all the time yeah. um, that's how I actually ended up meeting adult but um, yeah I don't know one at one point I did it I was in one of the plaque like videos it's called um is filmed in the in the, the alley behind the smell so there's all this like stuff intertwined but it was really rad to have them on the podcast and I kind of thought we were going to talk about some of the stuff we did cover, the obvious stuff, but it got like really seriously n- kind of gnarly with like mm-hmm. p- uh, gay politics and activism and stuff. And and even yeah. just like modern day gay community, I don't know, like what's going on. the Like, yeah, like modern politics. Because Lauren's a bit older, and so we, we, we dove into sort of his roots and stuff mm-hmm. and, and talked about like some of the stuff that he was fighting against in the 80s and 90s. Yeah. Um, being a gay man in San Francisco. Um and so is it's just a trip seeing them, you know, in twenty twenty two and, and mm-hmm. watching the audience still react. I mean, there's not like the negative reaction that I think a band like Plaque Blake would have received, you know, in the nineties, but it's I definitely can see people tripping out and I'm and I'm psyched on that. It's almost a form of activism and mm-hmm. man, I this yeah, I just think they're brilliant. I love those guys, and I'm glad they do what they do. They have a co- really cool aesthetic, and yeah. vibe. So anyhow, thanks for listening. Thanks to Plaque Bleg for coming out here and being on our podcast. Um, here we go. So here we go. Can we get a um, what's it called a, a voice ID a voice for both ID. of you?
2: Which is which means what? You just have to say
0: your
1: name. Oh, that's it.
2: I'm Lauren. This is Ross of Plaque Plague.
1: <laughs> That's <crazy>. Obviously, <laughs> obviously, we don't do this a lot. I never do this. But. Okay, well, that was good. Now, <laughs> we're, now we're on
2: the right track. There so,
1: um,
0: <laughs> get that out of right. right <laughs> Thanks for being. Now we can be no. loud. Thanks for being here and doing this
2: and. Um...
0: It's awesome to see you guys again.
2: Yeah, right. awesome it's to see so you. cool. It's, it's... Yeah, thanks for having us. Of it's cool to be back in San yeah. Diego, actually.
0: Uh, it's it's also nice that you're wearing an adult shirt um, for people that can't see because we just had adult on a, on our podcast and it was. I heard. <laughs> we talked about, yeah. a bit about you two. Yeah. Yeah. On the no, tour. no. It was all good. No. Yeah, <laughs> <I'm kidding. anyway. laughs> I, I absolutely
1: love the shit out of them now. We, I mean, I already oh. loved them,
0: but now I really love them.
1: So, um, it's amazing traveling with them, and and. Kind of everyone letting go of not, not their, not their courtesies, but <laughs> like you know, everyone was farting, right? N- no, <laughs> no, actually, but they not. were talking about it. <laughs> You're yeah. talking about it a lot. No, but it's 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 just nice, especially after two years of really not seeing anybody yeah. and really only talking to them a couple times over over Zoom or whatever, um just to be with them and be with people interacting with people like we interact mm-hmm. with each other mm-hmm. but just kind of having more of a of a larger unit yeah family yeah yeah, yeah. and you know we'd argue they'd argue and, and 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 you know but it's no big thing yeah and and then you go and you do your shows and you're in this new country next day you're in a different country yeah. and and it,
2: well we've spent a lot of time with them too, right like personal time where you're in a van right. with each other for six weeks and you get to kind of know each other pretty well right and sometimes
0: too well but those yeah. are those are like the really beautiful moments especially if you have a conflict and you can work through it then you know how to navigate with with your friends and right right right
2: I feel like it's like being on the road with a band like you're really good friends with like adult it's it's just easier because you can understand each other more and there's less arguing there's like uh, less awkwardness of kind of like you don't want to be rude you don't you, you all want to go to the same restaurant <laughs> yeah, you know yeah, but yeah. it's sort of like sometimes somebody doesn't want yeah, to go but yeah. it's like when you're kind of all connected you understand each other and you kind of know what you want to do and it just makes it easier and more fun. Yeah. Plus, like, we've done more shows with them than anybody, and, else, anybody else. So we've ever. kind of developed this family relationship yeah. with them and...
1: I am a
0: bit jealous of it. It reminded me of like the old days. Like the old days, they sound like old, but you know, like back Logu- in the old that, days. Well, right. like Before Lucas cars. and Jenny Piccolo would always tour together. We were like the the, the you know like the sister bands. Like right. that was so cool. And and when I kept seeing you two together on on tour, and I was like, that is really really awesome.
1: It's super cool, yeah. Because after you know after just a couple nights, really, you get your rhythm down work wise. You know, you get to the thing, you set up, and then afterwards. You know, it's like it's like a machine of tearing down and getting stuff in the van and kind of keeping an eye out because some of these places we had no idea where we were and uh, you yeah. know, just had to be. So, you know, we just as a unit, as a touring unit, even though we're separate entities, you know, we've we've always worked really well together. Yeah. And we had this amazing tour manager who who kind of took care of everything. That's that's yeah. also a plus. Yeah. <laughs> uh, he drove, you know, in situations that you know through situation, tiny you know tiny situations that we just couldn't ever consider his doing. Job? You mean right. physically well, you mean physically just, like, like the yeah.
0: National Lampoons European vacation uh, style? Kinda. Yeah, yeah. Like
1: there were at least two hotels in Europe <laughs> where the parking lot was through like this archway. Uh-huh. And we were in this big van, yeah. and so you know he, you know, within literally an inch or two, Whoa. you know, just getting through an archway, yeah. and and you know, I don't know, it was amazing. It was more than I could have done.
0: Yeah, oh man. Well, I want to. So I guess like the thing that I was gonna start with was like how we met back in the day through. I mean, I guess the lo, like locust touring out there, but but we'd like, and I, I guess like all of the stuff that you did leading up to this project. And then also to me, my perception of Nebraska is probably not accurate, you know, but to me it always seemed, it just seems bizarre. Like it seems like such a weird place. Cause there's a, so much cool shit that happens in that state that I feel like it's sort of like Austin. You're like, why the fuck is, how does Austin happen in Texas? So I kind of feel like in Nebraska where I was like, you know, there's Omaha and Lincoln. I'm like, what, how come there's like this, like a, surplus of cool shit you know cool people doing cool stuff like I don't know like where where did all that come from for you I guess
2: um that's a lot of questions but um (laughs) I just feel like growing like I grew up in Nebraska my whole (laughs) life and so growing up there and being an outsider and an outcast you kind of like seek everything out and I was one of those kids growing up that I knew there was more out there than small town Nebraska life I knew there was more out there than just What I knew even so I was the kid that wrote everybody if if you're into skateboarding I wrote you if you're into music I wrote your band if you're in book your own fucking life and you had like Mm. the funniest description of your band or like the most brutal band ever I wrote your band no matter what. (laughs) And Which so, you just
0: dated yourself because "Book Your Own Fucking Life" was was like a survival manual if you were in a band, in right? The, in the in mid nineties, early nineties, yeah. even I think. Well, yeah. I'm
2: actually like 140 years old, so um, <laughs> just letting you all know that. Lucky, but <laughs> I just feel like it, in Nebraska, you have to really try to be creative and you have to try to make shit happen because there's nothing going on there. And if you are an outsider an outcast, oh. you kind of all cling together and try to make things interesting because everybody's kind of not to say everybody, but the culture is against you as a weirdo because where we live in Lincoln, it's so college and so football and so sports that you have to, it creates counterculture in itself and it makes you want to be different and kind of freak those people out too, because it's really easy there. That's what I always liked about <laughs> touring bands coming to Nebraska. Like, like, damn, people still flip on punks here, you know? And you're like, fuck yeah, you can definitely <laughs> tell you're from out of town. And so it's just like, I feel like that was my connection on say meeting you because when the locust came through in '95 to Lincoln, this is yeah with this is with Jenny Piccolo and resin at oh, yeah. at, at Shane Kreidel's house, um, which my brother lives a block away from there, and actually we live a block away from there. And that locust, Jenny Piccolo, five-inch picture disc, my brother got that at that show, and it like changed my life because it was like the heaviest record. I I listen to death metal and I listen to like heavy music, but this was like a whole different. Take on what I thought heavy music was. It was like really weird. It was so, so heavy and so noisy, and so just like the energy that I needed as a a teenager to open my mind and my eyes to like underground music even more. And so that's I think all I did was just write 3-1G, the <laughs> or whatever you know, address was in the record. Yeah. And I just started writing you and you wrote back, and that was just my beginning to like all the connections I made in the nineties was like, people just actually wrote back and it was about that. (laughs) And people were pen pals and it wasn't this informal email thing. People actually took time and wrote cool letters. Like I actually still have all of your letters from the nineties. Like I have a sign, uh, Orland Mills photo of you and Alyssa. (laughs) And, uh, I had that hanging in my room forever to be honest, framed and everything just because it was like, that was like so new and cool and underground and different. And that that was like all I strive for growing up. And I feel like that's what a lot of kids in Nebraska feel like too, is if you want to be different, you have to really make it happen. And that's all I've ever done throughout my time there. So, but it was like happening though.
0: Like that was a place where when, when we would go there, it would always be awesome. yeah like
2: that's what's weird about lincoln especially is there's crazy punk history there since the late 70s and there's books and zines about this and uh there's a ton of photo documentation so i feel like that when i saw this book called capital punishment when i was like 14 years old i i had to seek all this music out because it was so punk looking like everything just looked you know like quintessential punk you know and i got to know a lot of those people too and at the same time, and this was the mid 90s, as much as there was that history of punk happening, there was bands like Armatron and As mm-hmm. Good As Dead happening, which was like so bizarre in itself and so heavy. <laughs> and so like that mind blowing to me as a kid to know that, whoa, this is happening in Nebraska and it's kind of more eccentric and more out there than what's happening in major cities out there. And, yeah. And People were putting out records and zines were really big, and I felt like everyone was just creating these networks to really make things happen. So I felt like things were happening for, especially in the '90s. Yeah,
0: I mean that was my first. I think my first interaction was meeting everybody in As Good as Dead with Swing Kids, which was like a few years before Locust made it out there, and that was so cool because, I mean, obviously Matt Lux and everybody in that band was just so wonderful, and they were so loving, and it was really nice to meet someone. But it, for us, it was like that band put, you know nebraska on the map on the map for for us you know like oh that's a place we'll we'll always play like i never i don't think i've ever had a bad show there it's always been really fun and awesome right and, and got progressively better you know every time
2: yeah i felt like that's just how nebraska was at that time especially it was just like kids were just dying for anything crazy and punk and fun and we didn't this was like a time where we didn't do shows at bars. It was like weird rental halls. And we always <clears throat> tried to find the weirdest places or yeah. any cheap place we could have a punk show at. What
0: was the one place that we'd always play that was like um, on a corner and it was like next to a come and go? Um, I don't know. It was like a. It was like almost like a school hall or
2: something. I don't know what it's called. We always would play there. Um, I remember you guys being at Havelock social hall, which oh, was like it a is. rental hall, but yeah. then there was the culture center, which was part of the university oh. that we used to throw maybe shows at. A- I remember doing a show for the locusts in like, I think I was 18 and it was one of those like, yeah, I'm going to do the show. And there were kids from all over the Midwest that came to the show. And I remember like hundreds of kids being there and just being like, what did I do? Oh my <laughs> God, there's too many people here, but everyone was super cool and it all worked out yeah. in the end, but It was. I was really nervous. I remember that that show. It was awesome. It was (laughs) a great show.
0: But so, um, I mean, and then I don't know. Like, it seemed like when Faint got like their shit together and Saddle Creek and stuff, then it kind of blew up there for a minute, right?
2: Yeah. I mean, as I I mean, like once Saddle Creek records happened, I feel like Omaha all of a sudden was just like this huge explosion of music. But at the time, it just wasn't for me, and I felt like at that time, Omaha wasn't cool like i played in grindcore bands yeah. and it was like they were a hardcore city and lincoln was like grindcore like weirdo huh. city and it, so they kind of clashed a lot i mean years later i learned how to utilize both cities for my you know to why only play or be in one city when you could do both only yeah. an hour away yeah. but like at, at the time it was sort of like omaha sucks because it's only hardcore kids this was like This was 90s hardcore where it was like had a different definition. You know, it was like tough guy almost. And Screamo came out of that and stuff like that. And it just like wasn't my thing at that time. But Omaha had cool things happening like the Cog Factory, which was an all-ages venue. And that was like so important for Nebraska to happen because it was like a definite, legit DIY venue that was hosting anything. Yeah. So it was like, you know, in a shitty neighborhood, of course, you get your stuff stolen (laughs) out of your car. But... It was a place for kids to go because it was all ages and it like brought up new ideas and new bands and just made, you know, like made kids be punk, too. Yeah. And I felt like there were good record stores in Nebraska. And I feel like if your city has a good punk record store, there's punk kids going there and it makes kids be that way, too. And that was just like a good thing growing up around there, I felt like was definitely the record stores.
0: So, to me, there was this one show that the Locust played where we were on tour, and I don't know what happened, but we we got paired up with the Rapture. That was uh, the
2: show I booked. that I was just talking about. Oh, really? Yeah. Wait, you
0: booked oh, wait. that one?
2: No, no, that was a different show. Okay, it was the one I was talking about. Was with the Convocation of. Oh and, yeah, and uh, I don't remember who. Like yeah. shock.
0: Yes. Well, the one with the rapture was kind of weird, too, because it was like I felt like both bands were a little bit bigger. And it was it was really interesting to go to or to play the show and to realize, like, OK, there's a lot of people here and, and they're here for both bands. And that says a lot about the the, the, the community, because yeah. I think San Diego is very similar to that. So I felt like I felt like I understood it a lot, because if you go to certain cities where it's like, oh, no, they're like they're only here for one thing. You're we're not going to mix these two right oddball things together but to all of us it was like oh yeah we're all friends and this is cool and let's just have a good time and it made sense so that was like what really stuck out so to me i i sort of have this like vision of of what it is like from where you're from and maybe and i can correct me if i'm wrong but like it seems like what you guys are doing now kind of embodies that because the the times that i've seen you perform i kind of trip out or just seeing like what you're doing like even just like before we started recording like how you were saying how you're in, in 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 Florida and stuff like that I'm like Ugh, Florida you know but I, I wonder like your influences are um, I don't know I think they're very unique and and maybe that translates into the the overall vibe or, or style that you guys have as a as a as a unit and I think that's kind of cool and maybe that comes from where you know your upbringing I guess
1: um yeah I just I I've even like from your upbringing comes from my upbringing, because my upbringing is totally different. Wait, where did you come? You were San Francisco, San Francisco, eighties. Yeah, I was a teenager in the eighties yeah. in like, San Francisco. You, you've seen all of the best shit. I've seen all the best shit. I've seen <laughs> yeah. all the worst shit. Yeah, I've, yeah, yeah, of course. I've, I have managed through it. Yeah, you know, in 90s, San Francisco was totally different than Lincoln, San Francisco, you know, and 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 um, but you know, in terms of in terms of my influence on this project um, I think a lot of it comes from my my youth um, but
0: um, well I mean so what was like I mean what were you doing in your you know your formative years like growing up and what was the stuff well, that was moving you
1: um it was gay everything you know everything was gay and so was I and it was magic and, yeah you know there was a power um you know being young and and uh honestly being being heavy not looking like anybody else Uh but you know kind of getting a sense real early on that whoa i'm i'm you know i'm 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 not chopped liver you know in this world yeah you know so so i had my tune and you know people would kind of gravitate towards that and that was just interesting and that was entertaining that was all the entertaining that I kind of need just seeing what I can do amongst my my people yeah you know but I was really young then you know I was way younger than than any of the men that I was hanging out with yeah um, the 80s cause I graduated high school in 1986 so you know but I was I was in the world you know way before that yeah and um and 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 just kind of watching the world too um Seeing people get sick and Mm -hmm. and seeing people go away, you know, after two weeks, you know that, you know, you lusted after, and then two weeks later they were, you know, they were gone, and um, and you get a little determined, you know, to 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 run quicker than. Than what's chasing you, oh. you know, because I felt just that whole thing was chasing me. But you know, so like
0: urgency, sort of in urgency,
1: life, maybe? and and kind of <clears throat> kind of get your kicks in, you know, before <laughs> something happens. Yeah, yeah, yeah. and. Uh, And get through high school and and then you know wonder what you're gonna do with the rest of your life so
0: you weren't like you wouldn't consider yourself like a punk or something growing up no
1: um i was a goth i yeah which is so it's like right next door (laughs) it was it was super goth but i was also super preppy yeah um um but okay so
0: i could if i'm talking out of out of line here mm -hmm. just let me know but i i feel like maybe in that era of growing up in the gay community it seemed like it had so many elements of like what punk ethics are at least to me because you had to be like fucking badass
1: oh yeah because some things were still illegal yeah you know and and being gay in san francisco was punk yeah you know until we got power yeah um you know but but the um the resistance we had to show or the strength that we had to somehow pull out of something because you know we because there was this issue now that we had to address Mm. that was taking us out of the clubs so it's like okay we have to rethink you know and hone down and and um that was the start of the ending of the punkness of being gay but then but then we also got our power yeah And but then that also gave us a lot more exposure, which was good. But then some of, you know, not, you know, some it, it 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 was nice and tawdry and underground, you know, just kind of doing your thing, even though in San Francisco it was everyone's thing. Yeah. But, you know, it 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 just. Didn't go any further than that until we had to make a stand about something. Yeah. Um, but like I, I just said that kind of shone so much light on the entire world that a lot of people felt they they had to not be as underground or as kinky, mm-hmm. you know. So so they could look, you know, right uh, or yeah. proper it, or it, like everyone else. Yeah, sure, I see what you mean. You know, yeah. to get you know to get the rights, to get the money, to get the power. Yeah to to Um, infiltrate right you know right right and um the the infiltration is you know still kind of my operating frame of mind you know just to seep in my stuff my art his stuff our stuff yeah um you know just to slowly just you know keeping it alive sure because all that's kind of changed um you know even since I was a kid in terms of what it is to be gay or queer or you know whatever anyone wants to call themselves yeah. um, but um, um, I think th- I think the infiltration though is is you know a big part you know because we're because we're not mainstream at all yeah. nothing you know but nothing... you are
0: exposed to people that are part of that mainstream right And I'm like, what the fuck are they thinking? I'm sure, like, I mean, do you, I mean, still, like, even now, it's like, I feel like the world should have its shit together, and it clearly, obviously, does not have its shit together. But do you, do you feel like now, as what you guys are doing, do you find that, I don't want to say, like, I don't know, conflict, maybe, you know, or do you find that there is still a struggle to some extent?
1: No, because I, I, you know, because I was young and naive, and I, and everything, you know, not everything, but my sexuality and everything came very easy to me and that was never a challenge so that part of it there was never a conflict Well, like, you know? i don't
0: mean like personal conflict uh, i mean like cause you were talking about like infiltrating or like how like the gay community would in, in end up being coming like i don't want to say like normalized but normalized. seeping into like the um right the general uh population that people see right um so so i like even now like watching you guys musically it's it's still like i mean obviously like i'm yeah bring it you know i mean i fucking saw Gigi allen play when i was 13 like so i'm down for whatever right nothing shocking to me but when i watch you guys perform i'm like there's got to be people here that are freaking out oh yeah and i and i I love that you know i mean
2: the whole like just gay culture is like what has brought us to where we are in general like i feel like gay culture can make you an outsider if you're not part of gay culture. As I was growing up, I was a punk in Metalhead. I didn't understand gay culture in that in that kind of group of people. So when I was a teenager, I didn't really know how to meet people like me or were there people like me? Yeah. I don't know. There I thought, was, which is fucking right.
0: crazy, but no one ever really talked about it.
2: Right, and there wasn't really internet yet either. So it was kind of like, yeah. how do I meet people like me? And yeah. I feel like both of us being artists art in general is just our huge influence to kind of project as like being different or interesting and in ourselves. But I feel like me growing up, especially I had a different upbringing in gay culture where I grew up in small town, Nebraska, where it was very looked down upon. It wasn't open-minded and it wasn't uh-huh. cool. And so for me, honestly, having Lauren in the band with us or with me has helped me come out even more and help me project all of this on, as like a musical project as well, and kind of push the boundaries and uh-huh. push the elements of what gay culture is, or just kind of there's so much more to it than just say Britney Spears or yeah, Madonna, sure. you know. And <clears throat> well, there is, but yeah. it's just one of those things where like, yes, that's a huge influence to us as well, but at the same time, you well, know, it's stylized. Like, and yeah, I'm not
0: I'm not downplaying it. It's an awesome style. It's a it's code. It's fucking. Right. It's a it's the picture that people see. Like it's important. Right. Right. I mean, that's why the, that's even why punk was important. Like, you when you saw someone wearing a fucking crash shirt, you knew that they were on the level.
2: Right. So, yeah. I, I just feel like, I mean, I, I forgot what the original question kind of <laughs> was, honestly, but it was just like, I feel like just being gay in general is just what makes us kind of do this and push or the boundaries for ourselves, even. So, yeah, when we do play certain cities, People are shocked at times. Yeah. I don't. To us, it's not shocking. It's just like us. We do this every yeah, day. I know. Yeah. But like, even we played in cities like Berlin, and people come up to you like, "I've never seen anything like that yeah, before." Where the fuck and you're like, living? <laughs> you are like, "This is Berlin." You know, yeah, this I know is, everything about us is this city, <laughs> and I, I, I love that kind of reaction, yeah. and I love watching. You know, like I love watching kids kind of be, you know, wide mouth open and just yeah. kind of like, uh, not even sure what to think because we've played. Of course for people like us or like-minded people, open-minded people we've also played shows for that weren't very open-minded yeah. and there are, people stand 30 feet away from yeah. you know 20 feet away from you and they're just staring at you. They yeah. you can see them laughing yeah. at you and you can see them making fun of you but by the end of the set they're taking pictures the the with you and yeah. they're into right. it and yeah. they oh, yeah. want to make sure that they're documenting yeah. it too and
0: But maybe they're not laughing at you.
2: Initially. I think you are nervously laughing at the situation. Okay,
0: because I know when I've seen you perform, I, I, I'm sure I've laughed and smiled like a motherfucker because I love it and it's awesome. And I'm like, ah, there's so much like awesomeness happening right now. So maybe, I mean... Maybe no, they're so square.
1: But you can like... tell when there's a jock. You, know? you can tell well, when you're being laughed yeah. at that sometimes. Right. But you,
2: you know, I understand what you're saying. You, like, it's, okay, I hear yeah, yeah. it. We're having... I feel like a it's all around. about being fun there's and there's having always fun. the yeah. turnaround. But, but the jock funny. that's
0: laughing at you is probably just in the closet. You exactly. Know? I mean, oh, it's right. like jokes yeah. on them.
2: That's why I call it like an, a nervous laughter in a weird way because it might be like shocking or it might be uncomfortable for you, but it's it's still fun and it's not necessarily dangerous. It's just kind of like if you can't hang with it yeah. go right. but, i mean right. also
0: too like it's 2022 like people should have seen everything at this point like right
2: you know you would you would assume i hope not you know what you're i don't know i feel <laughs> like otherwise i feel done or people over. act
1: like they do but they're still shocked yeah. and they're still put off and you know not just by us but,
0: but not that gosh. like I, i've seen everything you know i'm not saying it like that but like and and when i when i see you your performance it's like i mean i love it and it's not that i want to be shocked like this is new and brand new and innovative and 100% the most original thing but I'm like this is fucking sincere and this is this is heartfelt and it was it's fun and it you know it has all the things that we all need you know not I mean because I part of me wants to say that like any kind of artistic output has been done before like you can you can of course it's all it's all kind of of maybe been done you know but then at the same time it's like when I watch your performance I think of like um I don't know like Nights are Ebb and then I think of like Men's Recovery Project and I think of like all these weird fucking things that like normal normally wouldn't be put into one package and I and I see that and I I think that's that's what I guess I was trying to get out of right. the question.
1: Well I think that comes from Ross in particular not being so tied down to one genre yeah. of anything. You know, as much as he knows about all the genres, you know, he's really not I mean I've seen people, you know, our friends that, you know, only this, yeah, you know, only this, the purest, yeah. And yeah. and you don't do anything else. <laughs> and and that's cool, but um, you know, when you've got when you have some creativity, when you have some determination, you know, you don't want to do the same thing all the time. No. And, so what do
0: you think your um uh, oh, I hate these words, but like what do you think your your genre is or your are your your niche or what like where do you, where do you fit in? Where do you
1: Well, that's the yeah, and and Actually, talking talking to people at airports and on the airplane <laughs> or today at the weed store, yeah. um, you know, it, it, and, and it's taken me a while, and I don't even know if it's, you know, a concrete etch in the stone thing, but when someone asks us what kind of music we play, my first thing now is just to say hard disco. Oh, okay. Like hard leather disco. Yeah, well, cool. You know, that's kind of, you know whether 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 that's just to get someone off my back yeah you know because i'm because i'm never trying to explain it depends what kind of all. person you're sure. talking to yeah. Yeah. As well. because right.
2: sometimes it can be like the most like it's the, it's someone's mom like the woman sitting yeah. next to me on the plane was like what are you doing in san diego and you're yeah. like, i'm in a band playing a show what kind of music do you play and you're like uh, hard leather hard, disco hard is leather a fucking disco.
0: rad genre <laughs> yeah. title. So if you, yeah,
2: and I think that's what you know, we'll go with. Right, hard leather. <laughs> disco. Did you just
0: pull that out of your ass right now? No, no, <laughs>
1: no. I'm super witty. No, yeah. I, I've, 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 you know, because people ask. Yeah, and, I know. You know, I'm, I'm not, you know, I'm, I'm not as musically oriented and knowledgeable as much as he is. Yeah. with you know his kind of music and genres I mean I know my stuff but you know it's totally
2: different stuff we always kind of joke like would we like if I wasn't gay would I be interesting and it's sort of like I don't know but I think being a gay person I've it's really made me just seek so much different so many different things and just have such a different mindset and open-mindedness of music and art in general that to me I was like I grew up around heavy metal and punk and that was what my brothers listened to when I was growing up so I was already into kind of weird music or not necessarily weird but that's what I I thought everyone listened to Motley Crue when I was 10 years old (laughs) and then um, eventually I just really got into like other various forms of heavy music whether it was you know like grindcore or just even like doom metal or sludge or just noise in general was like a whole new experience for me and I feel like I was the kid that grew up, because I was gay, I loved punk, but I also loved disco and techno yeah, and yeah. dance music. But, like, how do you combine all those together? Like, can you fit into those roles in different scenes? And I've kind of learned that I was an outsider in all the scenes I was already involved with, in, in a way, because I played... in in a grindcore band called Wastoid for almost 15 years (laughs) and like I was saying I played drums and all we did was play grindcore and that was my life all I listened to was grindcore but but you were not
0: like a typical grindcore band like you were still on the fringes of weirdo shit
2: right and I think that's that was like I've, I've always tried to push the boundaries of whatever I wanted to do uh-huh. because like Grindcore was cool, but it's like, how do we make it different and interesting? Yeah. And honestly, a lot of that's like the influence of the Locust on me, especially because that was a different, at, a different version of heavy music. And when I heard that, it was like whoa, you can do this? you know. But you, you can, can
0: do whatever you want. Right. You just have people say it sucks. And, right. Yeah. But
2: it, at the time, when I was a teenager, I was like, whoa, you can do this? There's more to it than deicide, you know what I mean? <laughs> and But I was also into like art rock and noise and even pop music and disco and metal and punk. And so it's like, I feel like eventually all of that just became so much that that's what made me create this project over 20 years ago now, which was originally, Plaque Blake originally was just like a joke idea mm-hmm. because I was booking so many shows and bands. It's like I booked all these punk and grind bands, but then like I'd book like weird art rock band or weirdo pop performance artists. And it's like how I want to play these shows too. What do we what kind of band do I do to play that these? That could shows fit all that yeah. could fit into all of them. Yeah, right. Okay. And so like we used to just sample uh, other people's music and then just like tear it apart so you couldn't even it had no rhythm or you couldn't dance to yeah. it. But it was like techno beats. <laughs> But there was no rhythm to it. So we kind of jokingly called it anti-dance music, which wasn't against dance music. It was just hard to dance to. And so it was like a lot of just wailing and screaming to Uh non-rhythms. And honestly, a lot of that was influenced by Arab on Radar and Eric Paul because his vocal stylings was just so weird and so like... That's okay. That was the new thing for me, was like that's what I want to do, is just yeah. be like kind of weird. Yeah. And so like it was hard to do that in a grindcore band, but at the same time, I feel like we pulled it off and made it work just to kind of be different. We like we kind of took like stage looks differently and like I just kind of got sick of looking at guys in jeans on stage and I want to just be like different, you know, like so I just started wearing weird shit in a grindcore band. Yeah. But like this project just started slowly doing things and then all of a sudden it seemed like well it's kind of working and then by like 2012 unfortunately Jeff from Wasteoid passed away and then so that band was over but we had done Plaque Leg together and that's was like okay when he died I was like I'm doing this full time I had already started kind of changing how it was becoming what it is now in a way and so when Wasteoid was over that was like my main band we were doing so much and then that momentum just was still going, but it's like, how do I do it in this project? Just to have the energy for it. So I I... kind of took all those weird elements of noise and art and grind and electronic music and put it all in one thing. And it's just kind of turned into this monster of Blague the way it is. But all, all of it's just really the influence of just being a gay person has really brought out just even myself in this project. Like it's really even helped me, open up as a gay person and just be gay you know because i had a hard time with that growing up and this even
0: like and even in our in our scene it it was so strange to me like when i would when my friends you know it never really mattered but we're like are you gay what if you are you should just fucking tell us because it'd be way cooler you know and like people didn't feel comfortable yeah i don't want to name any names but like we toured with people that were just not ever coming out of the closet. And you're like, dude, that's fucking bullshit. Like right. you should feel so comfortable with us. Right. You
2: know? And that's what is important with this project now is we have so many kids come up to us that want to talk to us about coming out or oh, they want to just yeah. like talk to gay people or cause kind of going back to one of your questions about small town world, we, sometimes playing these small towns are the better shows because kids are dying for anything yeah. gay, anything weird, yeah. anything out of the ordinary. Yep. And so they come to your shows and they want to see it and they're just blown away that this is in, say, Springfield, Missouri. You know what I mean? (laughs) And But you're like, I relate to that personally because I grew up with that same world where I was dying for anything too. Yeah. And so we do have a lot of interactions with kids and even like of all ages that are like struggling to come out or just want to talk about it or just want to talk to someone else that's gay too. And you know, like... To to us, that's super important, and it's really like liberating in itself, and it's eye awakening. And you can feel like, wow, we have it really easy, and some people don't. And you know, and you learn about yourself too. But it's just cool, like being able to go on stage and feel like you're just kind of like making a statement too. And that's super important to me to as an artist to just be like, I'm not just getting up on stage to like, you know, play a guitar. I'm out here to like really show a message and really like show an identity too. And like, kind of like strip the morals of reality and just kind of make yourself be this like, or like unit togetherness at a show too, because we can all get along and hopefully, you know, and <laughs> um you know, like feel like one, you know, like it's okay to be here. It's okay to dress like this. It's okay to be yeah. different too. And that's a lot of what I like to project in this band. So I feel like Lauren's influence in, in this project is to actually help me even be more open and be even more out as a gay person too because like like i said growing up in my world was just way different yeah and i feel like i've learned just so much about myself in the last 15 years doing this especially
0: but you know it's cr- crazy too because lauren your 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 stage presence
1: says a lot it's fucking <laughs>
2: like it's, thank you you like thank you i'm
0: well okay so again like when you were talking about how like people in smaller towns are like oh i just want to talk to these gay people but to me i like if i i feel like if i was to see you and and i was one of those people or i think back to my youth when i would go and see see bands and it was really influential to me i would just be like it this it wasn't that it wouldn't be that like oh they're they're a gay band or they're they're you know they're they are part of the gay you know culture i think to me it would be like this is some fucking weird ass shit in a cool way. In a and confident this, way. That's you know? very right. important. I'm,
1: I'm very confident in my sexuality. But, but, my but I sexuality. think
0: people need to see um, your performance and be inspired. Like, right. I'm going to go fucking do something. Not the same thing, but like, I'm going to go do something.
2: Right. That's kind of what I was talking about before is like, we, you know, we want to make this be like something that maybe might influence people to be themselves, especially yeah. like, I, I, I try to promote that as much as I can. Like if we can do it, you can do it. You know, like <laughs> it's, it's really is a confidence thing. I never really thought about that. That kind way, of but, is a punk thing. Like, cause yeah. any, it's like the whole thing.
0: Like, you know, I guess we going back to like the Ramones, like anybody can do it. And you know, it wasn't that like, yeah, you could technically do it, but you had to, you had to be in your, in your soul, you know, to really do it. Right. 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 And what you can't, everyone can't do that right Um, squares that are laughing at you they can't fucking do it right (laughs) yeah screw them anyway (laughs) i
2: i like a lot of the influence we get is like from the pet shop boys or suicide Uh, yeah great and like those are both projects which has like a two-person element where Uh one person's maybe i channel the tame person Uh one Uh person's kind of the wild person but it's also kind of channeling those same like ways of doing shows where, like, you know, when Suicide would play, people would riot at their shows. Yeah. Not Which that I want to riot. Which is so
0: crazy though. Because like, they just couldn't understand yeah.
2: it or something. And <laughs> but they would riot, like, ah. like, in
0: a positive way, right?
2: Like it would I be don't like, think so, Really? Ah. No, in a negative I, way? I saw a really good video of Suicide opening for the cars, and people were just like, fuck you! Wow. Fuck yeah. you! Yeah. Booing them, booing yeah. them. And it's like, and you could see Alan Those are them on stage just being like, just bring it yeah. on! Just just egging it on. Yeah. And to me, that was just like, ah, that's so punk.
0: It's really hard to achieve that but when you do achieve it it's beautiful right (laughs) it is beautiful so yeah but that but i see what you're saying and i and that's interesting though the two-piece uh pet shop boys and yeah because
1: i'm 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 not a entertainer like that you know i don't know how to sing and dance and you know i don't really but you have a fucking vibe but there's a presence right that's that's you know whatever i mean on stage i'm part chris love from pet shop boys (laughs) Part Nick Rhodes from Duran Duran and Uh-oh. part Laurie Partridge, <laughs> oh, you know, okay, all right. because all they do yeah. is kind of that. Yeah. But they look cool doing yeah, it. Yeah. So I'm like, well, what are they doing? Yeah. You know, what are what are they projecting? Um, and it's 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 awesome. But you know, it 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 it's. it's, it's Almost like a protection theme because I really didn't know what to do on stage. It Uh used to be that I was kind of off stage Uh with these weird light switches doing stuff with my feet and doing, you know, weird stuff. But then putting me on stage, though, just kind of galvanizes us as well. Yeah. And the unit and the project or the entity, um, which i like to see it as, as, as being you know kind of a rock of whatever we're doing uh-huh. you know but just being very confident and kind of unwavering you know because there's there's stuff coming at us from all different kinds of people about what we should be doing and how we should be doing it i um, mean people telling you that sometimes yeah Who? S- sometimes directly i i get that a lot with my art um huh. i'd i'd People I like
2: to tell you they want to tell you what you need to do. Right. Or right. Just in your drawings. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. What yeah. the fuck?
1: Um, right. I I don't you know, I don't draw enough this, that. Whoa. Them. You draw what you draw and I, you play what I you draw play. with this hand. Yeah. Draw. That's you know, that you know, I you know, it's not up to me, it's up to the hand. Yeah. But so but, you know, it it is interesting having to articulate a response uh-huh. other than, you know, <laughs> yeah. fuck you. Yeah. But although that's my main you know thing is that i i don't you know i i never feel i need to answer about my art yeah at all yeah but some people want that so uh-huh. i you know i i kind of try to word it in such a way that you know i'm not i'm not changing yeah you know
0: i wonder if like when people are are so willingly giving you criticism, I guess, or or, or whatever they're giving you. Encouragement. Encouragement. Yeah. I would say constructive criticism. Yeah. Encouragement. (laughs) Like, I wonder if, like, it's part that you're ahead of the curve or, like, it's part that um, maybe people can't comprehend something that's unique. You know, like, oh, it needs to be, like, this other thing. Let me reference this other thing that you should be doing. That's kind of,
1: like. I don't know. It's interesting. We were, um, we were in Chicago, uh, few weeks ago playing this iml after show and someone who had criticized me online (laughs) was there Uh and um he saw us and he loved us and he and he apologized and saying that he was having a bad day yeah and it's like okay so it's not about me yeah you know so that's what i kind of try to remember is that it's not really about me um but i i don't know i i think I think people overvalue people's um platforms and what they have and you know i i've got you know i've got a big instagram account and maybe people think that i should be doing more Uh for everybody else Uh. and i i can't i also feel like too
2: (laughs) once you get a little bit of popularity people want to criticize you on anything they can think of too so it's just a matter of telling you what to do because they think you're famous and you're sort of like well i mean well there's two things numbers
0: one at least i guess at least they're paying attention to you because if they were indifferent then you're probably not being successful but the other thing that i feel is weird is like who feels that like they that their random opinion is 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 valuable to give to you like that's some arrogant shit like you should be doing this. Like, fuck right. that. It's, right. it's,
1: it's, it's the, the it's the, the, evolving and it needs to evolve, but it's the current queer, um, it's not all youth, but it it's, it's, it's a t- different wave of queer rights than my little gay rights mm-hmm. in the seventies. Mm-hmm. It's way more encompassing. Why, um, why do
0: you just say my little gay rights?
1: Oh, I'm being facetious. Okay. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> because okay, okay. I, I got it, totally got it. know it's my yeah, little. Yeah. You know I, I, I know, I know exactly where I come from, I know exactly what I went yeah. through. Yeah. Um, and and I see, I see young people doing it the same, but they only seem a little bit more angry uh-huh. and maybe want to lash out at just anybody, even in their own camp.
0: Yeah.
1: Um, Which is. Kind of fucked up, which is super
2: fucked. Well, and plus, social media gives everyone a voice now to say whatever they want. That's really become like that gives that can be kind of a problem in lots of ways, and it just makes it so it's just kind of annoying, you know. Like, either enjoy it or don't. Yeah,
0: and when you're pointing your finger at someone, you're you're pointing what three fingers back at yourself, right? Whoa, so you know, and so that's like a big a big thing to realize. It, it, It is kind of interesting, like. You know when people will lash out at you for like kind of not doing the thing perfectly, but then there's like way more fucked up things that we should all go fight against. Oh, totally, absolutely. So I feel like maybe the the modern—I don't want to say generation, but the modern movements, uh, progressive movements—seem like they're a bit, a bit, um, a little bit too. um, I don't know, like not precious, but you know, they're just like it's like just let let someone say the wrong thing, let someone kind of be fucked up. Right. on accident, like, we'll get through this. There's bigger right. fucking problems to right. deal with, you know? And that's, right. that is an interesting. Well, that's it's also interesting that this came from like your, the style of your music, we we went to, we went to like
1: super political, which is, which is, <laughs> which is pretty rad in itself. Because that's our politics. Sure. And that's the amazing part. It, it, it I feel it. we, we may get a little criticism or I get a little criticism for not being more political. But there's nothing more political that we can do yeah. than what we're doing. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's the thing too is you when know.
0: you're overly political, it's it is a turnoff. You know, people are just like oh, oh and you absolutely. Are, and also there's like no room for um, there's no room for uh, interpretation. And right. I think that it should be like put like you put out your art and let people interpret it and get what they can from right. it.
2: Right. Right. Well, then they do, and that's where they opine. Plus, I think like our goal is just to like have fun and like be fun and be interesting and we're not trying to pigeonhole anybody but yeah. ourselves in a weird way <laughs> but it's just kind of like but do you think you're
0: pigeonholing yourselves? No, I, not anymore, not at yeah. all.
2: Like I used to think that like say playing grindcore bands where it was like uh-huh. I feel like I'm only doing grindcore show after grindcore show. Well, this project has really opened up all sorts of genres and all sorts of people that and i'm way more into that
0: so you really think like the wasteoid was just a typical grindcore band
2: no but like i'm saying like when you would go on tour you would play the grindcore show and play the same kind of grindcore show the next night that's the promoter's fault right the
0: other band's faults or whatever right you know yeah but
2: uh, that was also what we were kind of doing too you know that's what we were booking at that time and really like what what's really opened up about this is like we we can play like a a hip-hop show one night a noise show the next night a black metal mm. show the next night and a punk show and then an electronic show yeah. and it all and, makes sense and it all makes sense yeah. because like i feel like those are all of the influences that we've brought into all yeah. this too but also just like like you're saying like us being on stage you know like sh- you know like my ass is hanging on a jock strap. that's like a political statement that people and don't understand yeah. uh-huh. and like that's really what i'm pushing too is yeah. like you know like I can do this now. You maybe couldn't do this 30 years ago yeah. or 40 years ago, and you might get your ass beat for it. You might still now. Still unfortunately, now. Unfortunately. Yeah. But, like, it's just one of those things where that's important to us is just, like, expressing ourselves in a and lot of And that is
0: a fucking huge political statement. Your ass hanging out is so political, which right. is which is – I'm not trying to make a joke, but it sounds funny to say that, but that is a fucking serious thing that's right. happening, you know, like – I feel like even in 2022 or whenever I saw you last, I don't know. It was like before the pandemic, so it was a few few years ago. But that's that still it's like is... a month ago. <laughs> <laughs> I know it feels like it. But but or even like when I when I when I saw you re- after your set, I missed your set in Austin. Um, we should give a shout out to the Oblivion Fest because that was pretty Absolutely. fucking Oblivion bad. Access oh, yeah, Fest right, was amazing. Yeah, like they paired up all the shit. Like they paired up the stuff like they should. You know, I was like oh, all these bands are sick, and it's not. It wasn't like a grindcore show or a right. you know hip hop show. It was like everything that was just mixed and cool. Yeah, but but yeah. But I mean, I think even like um, going back to your ass hanging out. Oh, it was just. I think that that's like. A, I think it says a lot. I think it is a very very important political message without being political. Is that, is right. that right? Yeah.
2: Yeah. I, I mean, that's just also what I like doing. So yeah. <laughs> I feel like I have to do this. Yeah. I mean we should like to do it. I mean yeah. if you think
0: about it like off stage, I mean it's I just had this conversation with an, with one of my other bandmates but like to me I feel like this world's constantly fucked and it's constantly like just grinding people down and mm-hmm. like I get that there's beauty and there is but at the same time, at any specific moment, there is oppression, there's suffering, there's these things that we all have to work towards, and we can have fun, and we can have, we can go see, you know, you guys perform, and have it be so much fun, and smile, and laugh, and, and have a good time. But there's um, there's a level of righteousness to it, and there's a level of intensity and emotion, and all these things that I think that are really, really important. And you guys seem to. Um, embody all that and i think it's fucking rad
2: i think that was a big learning experience for us touring europe in this march this uh, like uh this in 2022 was right after the pandemic was how do we tour you know like we have to go back into this somehow sometime but also like the ukrainian war just was started happening Uh it was like really you know serious news and we were kind of like is this is this even a right thing to do is go on tour in europe and you know like we're some privileged americans on tour in europe just doing our thing you know is this is this is this right should we do this this but then like the more we talked about yeah is this insensitive and then the more we talked about people we asked questions we had meetings with like our tour package and it was like yeah we have to do this because you know like people are living their lives still but at the same time like people need an outlet of something fun and exciting too and like you can't live in despair constantly even though people do but i felt like going to europe and doing these shows and talking to people it was like this is my first show in three years i've been to and like i needed this more than ever yeah it's like i feel like the turmoil of politics right now and just like in everything's fucked up in general like people need an outlet of just having fun or exciting or just different that 30
0: or 40 minutes maybe gave them the power that they needed to fucking get on with shit right and do something else that's a little break yeah right but But it doesn't even have to be a break i don't think it just needs to be like a parallel timeline right yeah you can have fun and still be working progressing towards something collectively and and spiritually or whatever and then and then come back and fucking get it harder
2: right right totally it was just like eye awakening too, just to be like whoa we're you know like i hate to say it, we're entertainers and it felt good to kind of provide an entertainment for people that maybe are having you know hard times especially in europe or like just being in poland <clears throat> in general was scary enough to be like that close to the ukraine yeah. and that close to war in general i've never experienced anything like that yeah. so you know, we all thought a lot. We had a, there was a ton of emotions going on in our whole tour package. And yeah. so it just felt like when people gave us positive feedback or, or like you, people would talk to us at shows it just felt good to do that because, yeah. you know, it was an outlet and it was their outlet for, yeah. you know, 30 minutes or whatever to... And it's just a band. Right. Like, you know,
0: like, cause I, I mean, even like not to cut you up, but even when I was just on tour with... With Death Club when we would play and it was like we were in Texas and it was like the it was right before Roe versus Wade was was flipped and and, it, and not me me saying something on a on a microphone to you know a couple hundred people isn't isn't life changing it's not gonna fucking change politics but it's saying something like that's important to people and that resonates with people and then it, and then you could feel this sort of um, I don't know, like intensity, you know, I, I don't want to be there and be like, this is fucked and everything sucks. I want to just be like, yo, this shit is where we, this is what we stand for. Yeah. Like, this is what we're all fighting for. Let's do this. And then people would have an outlet and kind of be able to release something. And then I feel maybe it would, um, yeah, give them power or energy or right. rejuvenation
2: or something. We need that because there's too much bullshit. Right. I feel like even like we need that in general too. We need to feed off people's you know, energy and, you know, just, Awareness and just kind of like feeling good about what about this moment right now yeah you know? and instead so, you
0: just have dicks on on like just total fucking jerks on on instagram telling you to do something differently you know and, some, yeah, <laughs>
2: sometimes <laughs> i mean i mean it, it's i know it's usually like four it's not that bad it's like yeah it's like someone leaves a weird youtube comment and your day's ruined yeah you know? but like when <laughs> you're but for every youtube comment it. there's like a million you know right th- yeah. th-
0: whatever hun- hundreds or thousands of other positive ones. there's
2: actually more positivity than yeah. there is negativity for us especially right but, right um it's, we're just lucky, but we also try to promote as much positivity as we can too to you know like this is fun and we want you to be yourselves and, yeah, you know it's, that's so cool and it is all about that and, but and, all the negativity
0: you know. that i that I see surrounding you, which it isn't much at all but when I do see it or even like when I saw you play, I could see people being uncomfortable. I was like, fuck yeah man like right. good fuck right. fuck yeah like not fuck them but like i was yeah. glad like make them uncomfortable or make someone make someone feel that they have to say something on the youtube comments like you got them you won like right. jokes on them or like haha to them you know because yeah. they're the ones that
2: like wasted their time right. right but it's also like when we see people having fun that's what makes it fun yeah. for us yeah. too yeah. but it yeah. is i do like to see people be shocked a little and i yeah. do like to see people <laughs> kind of <laughs> with their mouths open you know and it, it. They might not understand it at the beginning, but usually by the end, they're like, that was fucking awesome. And that's what's cool is I like to like watch people go from oh. confused to having a good time. And that's really fun and cool to me and exciting to see it. It means like, oh, what I just did worked. You know? Yeah,
0: <clears throat> It's nice to know when something is actually working, though. <laughs> mm-hmm. Right. Um, okay. Well, I think we should, um, I think everybody has to go, so maybe we should cut it, but I, I, want to, I, I think whatever you guys are doing, you're, you're doing something really special and important. So to all the negative comments, they can fucking suck it because you guys are killing it and it's, it is rad. It is really rad. Yeah. Super fun. Well, I love you guys. Thank you so much. Well, thanks for having us. uh, Thank you. This is great. Awesome. Well, there you have it. Episode 25 of Colton culture. Again, we'd like to thank plaque blake for coming out and being on our podcast. We'd like to thank our sponsors. We'd like to thank people listening. We'd highly suggest you check out our previous podcast. If you've missed any of them, especially after the little bit we got into before we started the podcast about all of our other guests and how they all are on a very unique <laughs> level. Um, yeah. Shout out to everybody on the, that's been on, cult and culture we love you Um, feel free to stream this stuff wherever you stream your crummy podcast (laughs) not that your podcasts are crummy but the ones that um, the streaming services are not all that great sometimes anyhow stream the shit out of our podcast thanks Colton Culture is proudly sponsored by Earthquaker Devices, Fender, and Heartwork Coffee.
1: Planet B. Planet B.